I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed it, Pressure Points, with your two favorite hosts, I'm D, and this is Child Soldier AJ. We're coming at you with Season 6, Episode 16, The Electric Equestrian Fraud. I'm getting into it, baby. It's going back to the 80s. Find us on Instagram and Patreon, at Points O Pressure. Strap in and let's go. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. Fantastic work, We're as here. always. We're fucking here. This is uh, recording number two. Yes. Which, if if yeah. you're subscribed on Patreon, <clears throat> go listen to the one on Patreon first, the exclusive episode for April. Yes. That was released last night, and it's your fault for not listening to it in April, okay? I'm just yeah. saying. Well, does April have 31 days? No, 30. Ah, oh, shit. I thought <laughs> I had an extra day. Nope. Glad I didn't push it off. Oh. I almost did. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. But yeah, if you don't listen to it, like, if you haven't already listened to it, it's that's on you, honestly. Um, and if you would like an additional episode at the on the last day of every single month, um, <laughs> yeah. subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, we've got a bunch of other shit there, too. A bunch of extra content. Yeah, a bunch of other shit, so check um, it out. Instagram's popping off. We are officially not hemorrhaging yeah. uh, followers, <laughs> so that's really good. Good, yeah. Um, Thank you to our uh, social media expert. She's fucking killing it, oh, honestly. Yeah. It looks so, so much better than Yeah, before. it looks very professional. Um, I think I... All right, I don't want to get into the this episode next, but I think I, I might know what it's about, but I also don't. I mean, you probably do. I might so, have heard of it, but few, is there anything else you want to talk about before that? Uh, I mean, we went on a little, little, little hike. hike on Saturday that was a little... A little crazy, but it's good. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Time. It was yeah. a short hike, but it was a high hike. Yeah, oh my fucking god! It was dude. a it was lot like of elevation. Just climbing gain. ladders, Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck that. For one mile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a long way. That's more. That's about how much I walk in a day from yeah. my couch I'm about to the how fridge much I and back. In a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it was it was nice to it get some sun. Yeah, I didn't get burned, which yeah. was good. Yeah, there we go. It's short but sweet. Yeah, really. it, it was rough. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I tweaked my back like <sighs> like three quarters of the way up. I walked through one of those trees. Oh, uh, no. I, that's, my, what, that's what did it? Yeah, my hand held on for a little too long, and it just went boink, boink. Like, oh, oh fuck. fuck. But, yeah, I mean, it was still still pretty chill. It was, yeah, it was good pretty. News. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, uh, not a lot else, honestly. It's I probably shouldn't pretty... blow directly into the microphone. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Been a pretty mellow week. Other than that, uh, nice. I finally, finally went back through and added all of my stuff to my computer so that I can start streaming video games again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's been a fucking nightmare trying to get everything working properly. So if if you watch me or you're subscribed to my Twitch, I'm sorry for all the notifications that you got this last weekend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, past that, yeah, nice and chill. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, easy little weekend. So, uh, you get a clinical tomorrow. No, Ooh, oh, no, yeah, this is between semesters. That's right. You were done with that semester. Mm-hmm. Two more, baby. Till May eighth. Fucking two more semesters, and you're done. Uh, you got it's this. not quick enough. Uh, it two more semesters till I'm open to liable liability suits to patients. Hey, Yay. bada bing! Till I find you on my job. Yeah. 
till I get <laughs> treated like absolute shit by entitled old people. Oh, uh, can't wait. I will not put up with it. Good I'm thing. already deciding I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if I get assaulted, I'm suing them. Do it. And I'm allowed. Just stab them. Yeah, I'll just I'll just fucking overdose just them. Morphine. Do not Oh, this is the public episode. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> in implication, I'm reporting it. No. Um, so back in December, between seasons, um, between five and six, um, Al Oh fuck. Uh block that, that out at the end. No, that that's a I mean that's that's just a. That's fair. That's, that's the public yeah. okay. username. So Al reached out to us and sent a really fucking intriguing story. So I have wanted to cover any kind of sports corruption on this, Hell on this yeah. podcast. Uh, I, in about five years, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna cover the NBA fucking like referee gambling scandal. I will do it because I, I. I know you that it's not everybody's, it. but I'm a slut for sports and sports drama, and this peaked the fuck out of my interest Hell when it was yeah. sent along. So thank you. I haven't been able to get to it up to this point because I had so many other things planned and because Yugoslavia has pushed me further and further back. Yeah. But now, uh, by doing those once a month, uh, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from some of you guys on uh, the best way to approach butchers of bosnia so i'll be handling that next not next episode but the next so in two episodes we'll be getting back to sarajevo cool um but i'm taking a break from it for another i don't want to say light-hearted tale because this isn't like a oh it's a funny episode it's just not <laughs> yeah it's just not that yeah, so it's not uh, there so yeah um in 1977 uh Tommy Burns ran away from home at 16 years old, uh, and he decided to leave to Florida on a bus. So Tommy was a bit of a troublemaker, and he had actually been kicked out of school in Connecticut. They called his mom, and they were like, get this kid out of here. Um, and when he got home, he was like, okay, I'm leaving. And she was like, okay, and just kind of let him do his thing. So uh, he... Hops on the bus, heads down to Florida, and when they get to they get to this place in Florida that has a bunch of tents outside, and so he runs up to the. Oh, they're going camping. Yeah, right now he runs up to the bus driver and says, "Hey, this is my stop. You can just pull over right here. I'll hop out." Um, he kind of figured Carney's, which is fair. It's just it's the late seventies. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's fair. Carney's are the boogeyman at yeah. the time. Uh, he figured, yeah, just join the fucking carnival, whatever. Um, but he sneaks inside and it looks very different from, uh, Carney's because a massive equestrian event is going on. If you don't know what, uh, the equestrian sport is, it is what I see as one of the most pretentious sports in all of sports. So you basically just, it's like, uh, Obstacle courses, but for people riding horses. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So- uh, There's a Kentucky Derby, except, <laughs> yeah. except with uh, an obstacle course. Yeah, but this, is, this isn't this is even Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby is horse racing, and there's a lot yeah. of money thrown around at horse racing, but equestrian events, they have like horse prancing. They have oh, like- Jesus Christ. Where horses will- like, they basically I'd rather just watch run golf. And like, yeah, they hop over- 
obstacles. Mind you, yeah, these I saw horses, the Shrek version of one of those. Yeah, like it's it's a really like over elegant like I sport more or less. That's just, I mean, it doesn't really have the greatest history with how these. I mean, these horses are still treated like shit. Yeah. Um, but like it is, it's a sport for millionaires, plain and simple. Like nobody owns a horse that doesn't have like a billion dollar ranch. It's just it's just as straight up as that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he walks in and he feels like super drawn to this whole thing. Now, I watched a documentary that kind of like they interview Tommy. Spoiler alert, he doesn't die at the end. Fuck. Uh so they, this they isn't interview a Tommy points episode. And he points out that like he knew he was in a place that he wasn't going to fit in because it wasn't just that he was seeing like, oh, Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser as like the advertisements. <laughs> he was seeing the Anheuser-Busch family. Hell he was yeah. like, he was seeing like the Lindemans. He was, he was seeing the, the Lindberghs. Yeah, like massive, like million the dollar family. The Romneys literally have an equestrian horse. Oh yeah, I believe that. Um, So... This is big money, and he's kind of he's a fish out of water right now. Mm. But he's like, I mean, if I'm going to get in at entry level, I'm 16. Now's Why the, the fuck not do it right now? Get the bus the just left. Floor. He only had like 20 bucks on him, so he's like, yeah, what the fuck else am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, so around this time, late 70s, um, horses are being sold for like $250,000 in the late fucking 70s jesus um event fees for these families were roughly like 10k a month 10 to twenty thousand dollars a month in the late fucking we should 70s, charge dude. 10 to twenty thousand dollars a month in the Honestly, late 70s we should do a we should do a one thousand dollar tier on patreon and just see if anybody goes for it <laughs> just see if there's a mr <laughs> money bags out just, there for us it'll just be called the oops you clicked on it tier yeah and uh, the only benefit <laughs> is you get pictures of my taint not even that. No, we don't even. No, I will. We don't even I'll, mention I'll, your if name. If you want it, no. if you want pictures of my balls, <laughs> no. send me a thousand dollars. We don't do. Uh, you don't even get access to any of the exclusive episodes. <laughs> you don't get you the episodes. You just pay us a thousand dollars a month, and that's it. And we call you daddy, <laughs> but in only in DMs. Nope, nope. We don't even acknowledge you exist. No, we, we don't. Just, no, just, we don't even nothing. say your name at the end of the episode. <laughs> we say, and for a thousand dollar tears, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh, uh, it's the equestrian tier. <laughs> if we get enough people, we'll buy a, a pressure points yeah. horse. We'll buy a horse if we make $250,000. Yeah. Um. Now, the way that a lot of these families, because this is kind of like a family sport. Um, you buy a horse, you own a ranch, whatever, and then generally like, you would either hire someone to ride the horse and your family always goes to the events or a member of your family is riding those horses because you own the ranch. So a lot of this is kind of seen as like these horses are more of an investment portfolio in a way, uh, because it's not like you just buy a horse and then you're like, okay, cool. Uh, All right, let's go. We're good. We're good forever. It's like you basically continue buying them to get better horses because the price of a horse at this time is going to fluctuate based on how well it's performing. It's kind of it's yeah. it really is just investment but with animals. It's fucking weird. Uh so Tommy gets hired as a groom, which is a really fucking bad title. Uh mm, to yeah. get hired as a uh. groomer. Um <laughs> and uh 
a groom's job is basically to clean and maintain horses and get treated like shit by everybody else that works in the equestrian industry. Literally, they like shine their boots just after like brushing this horse. They shine the boots of the dude riding the horse and the guy just like spits on them. And that's Hell it. Hell yeah. Uh, it's that's the, my kind of job. Yeah, it's the lowest paid job in the industry. Generally work like 90 to 100 hours per week. Like these are 15 to 16 hour days. Jesus. I mean, he only has 20 bucks, so. Yeah, I mean, fuck. <laughs> Dude was like, I'm, he walked into a, a good job opportunity, I guess. Fuck. So, uh, yeah, he, he has picked up as a groomer. He works, or as a groom, and uh, he works for this one family for just a little bit. And uh, then a man by the name of Barney Ward reaches out to him and says, hey, I think you would be a good fit working for me. Uh, I know you're from the Northeast. I'm stationed in New York, so come up to my my ranch. I'll so get you networking. set up there, and we'll go from there. So Barney Hill has a stable called Castle Hill Farms. Ooh, yeah. man, is that pretentious. Know, right? Sounds like a, a brand of vodka that I can't afford. <laughs> right, Castle Hill Vodka. No, it sounds like a really fancy cheese. <laughs> yeah, Castle uh, Hill cheese. So, it's halloumi with garlic. Right. <laughs> Now, the reason Tommy hops like hops on this opportunity right off the bat is because like Barney Hill is a recognizable name in the industry back then and well now if you're part of the industry and we'll find out later why. Um, but Barney was known for being kind of like the showstopper. Like he would he would break records, he would win a lot, but he was also really fucking dangerous with what he would do, which sounds kind of preposterous when you're imagining just horse prancing. But he did an event that was called uh, Horse Show Jumping. Now, what they do is it's more or less like the high jump, but for horses. And okay. generally, people will like... <laughs> it took me two <laughs> seconds to realize what a high jump yeah. was. They're basically jumping over like yeah. a wall, and then they'll put taller and taller tiers of I shit you not turf grass on top of it Jesus to raise the height um and so the difference between Barney and other like show jumping horse racers or whatever the fuck you want equestrians is that generally they would all have like a pretty regular speed they'd go up to it and then they would do like a prep speed and hop over it Barney was not like that Barney would drive the, hor the horse full throttle up to the wall and then at the very last second would, like, motion for his horse to jump. Like, literally, Tommy in his interview points out that, like, there were a lot of times where it felt like he was just going to run this horse full just throttle directly into, a, into wall. a wall. And there were a lot of times that these horses, when they would jump they would either get like a bad angle and they would catch their front legs or when oh. they're coming down, they would catch their back legs. And these like over a thousand pound horses are landing on Barney. Horses are not meant to land on anything on. but their fucking hooves. Yeah. These things are landing on their backs. They're landing oh. on their side and shit. So Barney ended up, Barney and his horses always ended up with injuries like every year. Um, but because he took those risks, he won a hell of a lot more often 
than other people. So Tommy sees this as like, whoa, high risk, high th- reward. Yeah, this is this is a big opportunity for somebody that has a fuck ton of money to go work for him because he's not hiring him on as like a groom anymore. Um, so this particular summer, I think this is 1978 at this point. Uh, Barney uh, good actually year. good year, yeah, good year when. Uh, Barney goes back to New York. He had broken his neck during a competition, Jesus. and like his neck brace is like a full so a chest, 70s, yeah. full chest piece all the way up to his chin, Oof. like solid concrete neck brace. Um, and Tommy, when he went to New York, uh, was kind of taken under Barney's wing. Okay, um, right, Barney. Damn, the 70s. Yeah, dude. Start right? off on the ground floor and get taken <laughs> under a rich guy's wing. Uh, so Barney was kind of seen as like a father figure to Tommy because Tommy's dad left when he was like super, super young. And he always kind of attributed his delinquency to his father leaving. So It's good to have excuses. Yeah, I'm just right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tommy gets like very defensive and very like like protective of like, I don't want Barney to be gone, so I'm going to do everything for Barney that's necessary. Yeah. In fact, one night they're at a bowling alley, and uh, yeah, he jerks him off. No, uh, <laughs> no, one night at a bowling alley, there's some dude that walks up to Barney and like fucks with him because he's got a neck brace. <laughs> uh, and the guy fucks with Barney, and Tommy goes, hmm, I know how to solve this situation, and grabs a bowling ball and beats the shit out of the dude with it. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. This is the 70s. It's There's a lot 70s. of lead in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he smashes this fucking dude up with a bowling ball, and they rush out of the bowling alley, get out to the car, and Barney turns to Tommy, and he's like, holy shit, dude, I owe you one for that. Thank you. Here's a um, horse. No. Yeah, right. Uh, and so Barney ended up buying Tommy a car a little bit later. Damn. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, it's like pennies for this guy. Yeah. Um, and he ended up promoting him to a little bit better of a position in the stables. And I mean, over over this little time, they both kind of became better and better buddies. Uh, where they'd just go hang out, they'd get drinks together, they'd go bowling, they'd fucking beat the shit out of somebody with a bowling ball yeah. and buy a new car, you know? Perfect. Uh, how friendships go. Yeah, that's, that's how it yeah. worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of years go by, and Tommy is actually offered a job for three times the pay, um, which, fuck. And uh, yeah. so he brings it up to Barney, and Barney says, I'm not going to match that, and you can't leave and go work somewhere else. Now- Tommy's kind of like, uh, go fuck yourself. You're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. Damn, so he's leaving Daddy Barney behind. Yeah, right? So Tommy ends up just dipping out that night. He packs his things, slips out in the night, drives off the ranch, and he goes to work at what I tout as one of the best names in this show. Okay, I'm here for it. The Eagle's Nest Farm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the, the guy who was the guy who owned it Randolph Himmler? <laughs> no, his name is Jim Druck. Okay, that sounds like a fake name. It, it sounds yeah. <laughs> so, Gee, well, we found him, boys. <laughs> so, uh Jim Druck introduces Tommy to the family and uh in Druck's family Druck's daughter 
competes. I don't remember what her name is. It's not really all that important, but she's Stacy. Yeah, right. I think she's like the middle daughter. Um and she does all like the horse riding and everything. So they end up buying this horse named Henry the Hawk for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. She's in this in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, in like 1980, pretty much. Oh. Even then. That's so much like, money. Fuck, dude. This is before Reaganomics inflation, bro. Yeah. Uh, and Drux was a really busy dude. So he decides, I'm going to have Tommy drive the like trailer for the horses. Um, and he takes Tommy off to the side and basically says, hey... Watch out for my daughters and my wife on this like little summer tour of competitions. Because I mean, they go. This is like month long of like, or even more than one month. Like, I think he listed like seven different states that they competed in. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to take care of your wife and daughters? So go out and murder my wife. No, I was I wasn't (laughs) going to that. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, he says like, watch out for my daughters, and literally goes, I don't want them meeting or fooling around with any guys like you and tommy's like hey okay sir all right i'm gonna sleep with your wife you got it yeah uh so the girls think it's kind of weird how like badly tommy inserts himself into the whole family like tommy's in like family photos during this what the fuck this fucking thing it's weird tommy's tommy's a fucking weird kid yeah um and he's also he's just he parties like a motherfucker. It's 1980, dude. Like, party with your tits out. Cocaine's it's good, common. It is a good time for partying in, yeah. in the U.S. Hey, partying with rich people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of oh, coke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's partying like crazy, drinking a bunch, um, and he ends up in a at one bar one night, um, and guess who is across the bar? Yeah. Barney? Mrs. Drux. Uh, oh. She's she's Mrs. Drux has always been kind of a drinker, right? Uh she's a little little saucy as well. And uh, she a, a rich I yeah, assume rich, white woman? Rich white woman in 1980. This is equestrian. You I think know. anyone other than white people I know. do this bullshit? I was just being careful. <laughs> I know. It's just like fuck. Yeah, so uh an alcoholic rich white woman. Yeah. Who would have ever thought? Wow. Uh an alcoholic white mother in the 80s. I'm sure you have a pretty good idea of what she looks I've like. I've seen many videos about this exact same scenario. <laughs> yeah. So Tommy slides his stool across the bar. Ooh, she slides smooth. her stool across the bar. They sit. They have a drink together. And then Tommy strangles her. No. no. <laughs> I mean, he might have, but they end up fucking. They go and they enjoy the uh, horizontal samba. You know, they're, they have a grand old time. And then it happens again. Nice. And again and again. And it becomes a regular affair. Uh, Tommy, the groom, the fucking- The groomer. The 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 horse, the stable boy, is fucking the millionaire's wife. So Tommy made it, and that's the end. Yeah, and we're done. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. Just that somebody can make it to the top. Um, He made it. (laughs) She She left him, took half the money- Got with Tommy. Tommy left her, got half the money. He's still rich <laughs> right. beyond his wildest dreams. Uh, now, during this trip- Now, that's trip, trickle-down economics. Uh, now, that, now that Tommy's getting fucking laid, uh, he becomes a bit more of a hothead. Oh, yeah. Um, he's starting he to get right into, to like- head. He's starting to get into more fights at one bar. 
one of like one of the bouncers like punches his friend or something, and he pulls out a fucking bully club. <laughs> Hell and yeah! And he's about to hit. You know the, I keep that motherfucking thing on me. <laughs> he's about to hit this the bouncer, and like three other security guards come over, kick him out of the bar. He goes to his car, pulls a pistol out of the fucking like glove box, and he's walking back towards the bar, ready to shoot these security guards. The cops show up and arrest him. But he's a white man banging a millionaire's yeah, wife, so right. she pays his bail. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, but he wakes up, or he wakes up. He wakes up. He wakes up, hung over in jail, and Jim Drux is there paying his bail. Uh, Jim takes him back to New York, uh, takes him to the stable, and the next night, Jim says, hey, meet me outside in, in the stables. Ooh. And Tommy's like... Tommy's kind of worried. He's like, oh, I would shit. Be like, so worried. One, I got arrested while I was supposed to be protecting his, his kids. Two, there's a chance he knows that I'm fucking his wife, who I'm also supposed to kind of be hands off on, but I'm very hands on. Yeah. And three, like, if he loses his job, where the fuck else is he going to go now? So they sit down, and Jim basically goes, Hey, have you been sleeping with my wife? And Tommy goes, no, no, I haven't. I swear. No, I mean, this kid's like fucking 20 years old at this point. He's just a young kid. He starts crying. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. And no, Jim goes, Jim goes, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm getting a divorce from her. And uh, I need all of the money that I can get. I'm planning on selling Henry the Hawk for $125,000. Ah, depreciating value. But. The insurance is for $150,000 on this horse. And Tommy goes, huh? What do you mean? Oh. Now, Jim, Jim Drux worked as a defense attorney for an insurance company. Oh. So dude has kind of seen some things. And he ran a case where they hid death by colic on horses with electrocution. Now, colic is a pretty standard death for horses. Um and unless a vet does the autopsy report, um, it's never caught that there's an electrocution back in the 80s mm-hmm. because uh, the only sign that it is electrocution is there is a small burn mark next to the horse's asshole where they put a node, power yeah. a bunch through it. Now, colic itself is where the stomach of the horse twists suddenly and it basically like in 90% of the cases, it'll kill this horse, like, instantly. And there are no symptoms leading up to it. It's basically just, like, a surprise heart attack, in a way. Um, So it's a really fucking easy thing to hide, unless there's a vet on site. Tonight, there's not. Ah, If it happens happens in a stable, generally there's not a vet there to do the autopsy. Uh, So... He like rolls out this whole fucking diagram that's this. It's like a Nikola Tesla. Yeah, yeah right. Esque. That it's basically got like, hey, this is where you put it on the horse, like the two nodes. Um, and he pretty much, well, opens this bag that's like an extension cord that feeds into two nodes. And you slap one on the horse's ass and the other one, I think, by its heart. And you literally just go over and plug it into the wall. Jesus. It's Fuck, Something he, he's strung together from the Ace Hardware. Yeah, for oh, real. Um, and he now, says... That must have been the electrician who wired this house. <laughs> right. Uh, 
So he says, Tommy, I need you to do this. And Tommy's kind of not really in a great position right now because he's in a place at night with the owner of the farm, who's a millionaire, whose wife he's been fucking for a few months, uh, and he works for him. So Tommy kind of feels trapped in this situation. And he's Fair like, enough. you know what? Okay, Jim, you got it. You got it. And he does it. He kills this horse. Drux claims the 150000 insurance. And it kind of, it spirals from there, surprisingly enough. Really? Uh, Tommy kind of just goes downhill. When he goes to events for the Drux family, like driving horses there, whatever, he still works for them. People basically call him, like, the killer. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the horse killer. And he's like, well, no. Wait, no. they just know? Yeah, because Henry the Hawk is a well-known name in and the equestrian like, oh, community. Well, and suddenly horse. it's just dead, and the insurance money is claimed right around the same fucking time that Jim Drux filed for divorce. It's kind of a strange, yeah. s- strange set of, of shit. Plus, they, plus they've seen a it a million of, times. There are a lot of fucking people that work on these stables. Yeah, they know the tricks. They know, yeah. the, and they they've seen it happen where, uh, you know, divorces filed, the horse dies, <laughs> they get the insurance. That tale is old as time. Yeah, exactly. If I were a millionaire, I'd do it. Yeah, and you can write that down. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. So I will never be a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's. It kind of, it pops off. Uh, Tommy starts stealing saddles from shows from, like, rival families. And he talks about how he's able to take these saddles. He'll take, like, five of them, right? He'll drive to Chicago, Illinois. And he's able to sell these saddles for, like, $5,000 each. Jesus Christ. Can we steal some saddles? Oh, fuck, we should. Damn. God damn. I'll drive to Chicago Uh, for that. (laughs) Right. I mean, at the same place, he's stealing credit card numbers. Oh, he's shit. Selling so he's those. Just, he's just, he's just like, going crazy. He's taking fucking cash. Like, dude's just, he's snagging everything he can. And everybody that works in the stables knows about it. Everyone's like, yeah. like this fucking thug-ass bitch is over here literally swindling everybody, piece of shit. So because... Uh, he's he's like, oh, no, it's not me stealing the saddles. Meanwhile, in like his fucking, he's got receipts yeah. for saddles sold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Pontiac Grand Prix, which you have. It's a two door. Yeah, he's throwing saddles into the back seat. Like you can see him when they. Yeah, when you can fucking off. see these. He he's reporting it to the IRS. <laughs> right. So he gets a call from a uh, gym that the cops are on his tail. They're like, hey, look, cops are sniffing around about what happened here with the horse. Because you drew attention to it because you've been stealing yeah, shit. You, you need to Dumb fuck, fuck off. You're done. You're done here. Fuck off. Figure it out. So, Is he still sleeping with the wife? No, 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 no. Aw. No. He, he fucked the pooch on that one. Ah. <laughs> fucked the horse on that one. Uh, so he, he dips out and goes to Illinois and stays at a friend's place in a friend's basement. And uh, one day he gets a call from Barney Ward. Uh, oh, really? And Barney says, hey, look, Tommy. I know I know what's happened. I know what happened at the stadiums. I know what happened at the equestrian shit. Come I'll take you back me. in. I'll take you back in. We'll get your life on the right track. I got you. And mm. Tommy's like, you know what? 
this guy watched out for me before. I shouldn't have left him in the first place. I'll go back. Yeah, a rich guy looking out for a poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, I know where this is for going. For a poor young man. Yeah, and he just so happens to have a horse. Yeah, a poor young man insurance. that he hired as a groomer. Yeah. Come on, bro. So, yeah, uh, Tommy goes back to New York, uh, starts working for him, and he starts honestly getting on the right track. Like, he considers this the high point of his life. He's like, this is kind of where, like, I think I was finally doing everything right was after he went back to Barney. Barney kind of, like, took him out to, like, little events. They became better friends. He got promoted a few times. He was doing good work, and he's like, I felt like I was on the right fucking track finally. And uh, a year later, I think, uh, Paul Valier gets in touch with Tommy. Now, Paul Revere. Yeah, Paul. Holy Revere. shit! <laughs> now, Paul is known for being a smooth talker in the no, equestrian he got, industry. He got caught. Uh, <laughs> uh, he got caught traveling through time because of the lottery. <laughs> he won the lottery, and he had to call Tommy yeah. to help hide the and money. Then, and then Tommy got f- caught fucking Barney's wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to win the lottery. Son of a bitch. So, Paul is known for being a smooth talker. Um, he's slick. Everybody, everybody considers him like a sneaky son of a bitch. Like he wins, but he makes kind of shady deals with other people when he's selling the winning horses and everything. He's, he's a bit of a, he's a shady shit. Yeah. So Paul says on the phone, uh, he knows about Henry the Hawk. Um, and he says, Tommy, yeah, everybody does. Yeah. Right. He goes, can you do that for me for $5,000? And, for the cost of one saddle. Right. Uh, he says it's at the end of his insurance policy. Uh, this horse that I have is not going to be sold at the price I paid. And it's like I said, with these insurance setups, the horse can depreciate. It can appreciate in these insurance setups. So, like, there's a chance you bought it for $150,000 and then this thing wins, like, 70 events we'll say yeah then suddenly your insurance more. coverage is it like we'll say seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it's become a profitable horse but people aren't going to buy it for as much as the insurance premium is people are going to buy and try to buy it for less yeah of course only makes sense so in, then they could electric piece of their shit. horse yeah for the insurance yeah yeah so uh and it's right before an event and he doesn't think that his horse is going to win this event, and so it's going to depreciate that value. It's at the peak. Let's do it now. Yeah, do it now. Get it done. So Tommy does it at the fucking stadium, dude. Damn, that's yeah. ballsy. Um, right before the event starts, same method as before with the plug in the nodes. Goes up to this horse, slaps it on, plugs it in, easy peasy, pulls it out, pulls out the ditch the scene fucking things, puts it in his bag, hops in his car, gets the fuck out of there. And easiest 5K he could have made. And uh, Paul collects his, like, uh, let's see, $75,000 is what this was, is how much Paul was making on this one horse. Um, He collects his insurance settlement, pays Tommy, and all of a sudden, Tommy's horse-killing business takes the fuck off. 
he starts Does word get around yeah. and people just start hiring him paul basically tells friends hey if you need somebody <laughs> to to insurance fraud i know a guy and so paul's referring his friends to tommy and tommy is doing this so fucking often he's doing this so many times that he basically thinks maybe killing these horses isn't against the law because there's no way this many people know about me doing this and I'm still getting away with it. That's quite the justification. Like, it's not a justification. I just think that he's like, how the fuck do so many people know that I'm doing this? This is public knowledge that Tommy... Within the... Tom, Tommy is being called the Sandman because oh, he Jesus puts Christ. horses to sleep. Nice. And everybody knows that. Tommy shows up and people are like, well, this horse is fucking dead. And he's like... I, maybe I'm just like a vet that's putting him down. I don't fucking know. Like he's he's as confused as as we are as to why no one has fucking stepped in at this point and said, "Hey, they're making a shitload of money. Why would they step in? Why why the police aren't here to say, "Hey, stop fucking frauding the insurance companies." Like what the fuck is this? Tommy's just he's a fucking dumb twenty year old, and he's like, "Is it like?" This shit, must, this shit must be legal because I'm not getting stopped anywhere I go. He does this 15 fucking times, dude. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of horses. 15 times without any pushback from anyone. There's like, uh, five yeah, grand here. They're like, know. yeah, cool. Not even five grand. He's making $5,000 to $40,000 every time Woo-wee. he does this. Yeah. He is fucking rolling in it. Um, and, yeah, uh, he gets a call from a lady named Donna Brown. She offers him $35,000. The only caveat with this one is that this horse had colic, survived, and so the insurance sees that as a pre-existing condition. If this horse dies by colic, they can't cash out the the insurance anymore. Oh, so he has to find a different way to kill him. Yeah. So Donna tells knife, him on the phone. Knife attack. She says, I need you to make it look like a natural in- injury. I need you to break one of its legs so that we can have it put down. The vet will check and do the autopsy like normal. We'll see that it's just a broken leg. It gets put down. We get our insurance. I'll pay you the 35 So now he's a horse leg breaker? Yeah. He's, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> like... It's so fucked, dude. That seems more difficult than just electrocuting them. Like, yeah, but it's not gonna get it's not gonna get fucking insurance payout if it looks like yeah, it's calling. It, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, uh, now if they break the leg or whatever, the vet's not gonna see the little burn. Not an insurance scam, mm-hmm. apparently. God. So. Uh, Tommy shows up at the stadium again, and he runs into a man by the name of Harlow Arley. That is quite the name. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, Harlow has worked as a groom for a fucking while. Uh, he has a bit of a drug problem, and when you're working as a groom, you don't have a lot of money. You don't have time to get a second job. All you have time for is fucking coke, which is what Hell all yeah. of the grooms are doing because they're up for 15 hours a day. Yeah, just working that long. Yeah. And it's hard fucking work. Um, so uh Tommy he Tommy walks into the stable, Harlow walks up to him and he says, Hey, I know who you are. Ooh. And Tommy's like, Oh fuck. And uh basically 
Harlow goes, you got a job that I can help you out with? And Tommy's like, yeah, I got you. I, I, I've got something we can work out. I actually am here to do one tonight. So uh, he offers Harlow $5,000 of the 35 k And uh, Harlow's like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm in. That night, they sneak up to the stadium, uh, and Harlow has a crowbar in hand. I would have gone with Sledgehammer, personally. Yeah, right? <laughs> so he ends up breaking the horse's leg in one swing. Oof. Horse goes down, and the vet is, like, right there to put it down. Oh, okay. Like, it's... I was like, they saw it? They witnessed it? Oh. <laughs> right? Like, the vet walks around the corner and is like, oh, no, leg broken, fills out paperwork, puts it down. And Tommy and Harlow are both like, yo, this doesn't feel right. And they get the fuck out of there. Like, the vet walks out, and it basically scares them with how quickly after they break this horse's leg, the vet walks out. Which, fuck these guys regardless. Oh, yeah. Uh... And so they book it out of there. They hop in Tommy's truck. Tommy's booking it out of the stadium. And they're driving away. They're driving away. And just after they get through the gates, all of a sudden, red and blue lights start flashing right in front of them. It was a setup. Uh, Lights go off. Tommy hops out of his car, tries to fucking run. Why would you run? And he gets arrested. Tommy's a fucking idiot, Yeah, he's an idiot. That's why I stopped. Uh. So he gets arrested. Now, these aren't local police. This is the fucking FBI. Ooh. Um, they take him in, and as they interview Tommy, they're kind of like, how the fuck did he do this by himself? Like, there's no way he's done this alone. Um, they end up linking it back to Paul Valier, and... Uh, He's like, the Sorry, British excuse coming. Me. No, the British uh, are coming. <laughs> yeah, right. So he, Valier says he was informed uh, Tommy would do it by Barney Ward. Ooh. So Barney so, set him up. Yep. Uh, Tommy agrees to make the deal with the FBI. Um, basically, the deal that Tommy makes is to tell them every single fraud case that he's done. Um, all of the details, and if anything comes back untrue, he does he does time for every single crime he admitted to, it's which is a, a lot of fucking yeah. time. So Tommy's going into detail. He's telling everything, but he never implicates Barney. Barney's the one that's been calling him all along, yeah, saying, hey, you got to go up. here. Hey, you got to go here. Never even mentions Barney's name. And Jeez. the cops are like, or the FBI is like, there's no, like, what the fuck? How, how is, how is Tommy of all fucking people making these connections? Is he networking at these, yeah, that's at these I, equestrian events? Like what the fuck is this? He's walking up to rich families. Yeah. He's fucking their wives and then saying, <laughs> hey, I'll kill a horse if you need it. <laughs> fucking deadbeat Tommy with like, fucking horse blood on his face. is like, y'all need a horse killed for insurance fraud. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so... The FBI actually convince, convinces Valier to wear a wire for almost a whole fucking year. Damn. This turns into a major sting operation. Uh, Valier speaks with Barney multiple times. He ends up getting Barney to admit it. And in addition to admitting it, 
Barney also points out that, hey, if this becomes a bigger problem, I have ways of killing Tommy if nice. this is going to become Even an issue. better. Yeah. So the FBI is like, okay, our star fucking witness, the guy that's made the deal, how are we going to get him to drop Barney's name? So they sit down and they go, we know one way. And they play that fucking tape to Tommy. They sit down, they put the cassette in, and Tommy hears with his own ears Barney's voice say, yeah, I can get Tommy killed if we need to. Perfect. Tommy breaks the fuck down. And he admits it. He's like, yeah, Barney set everything up for me. He's the guy behind all of this. Like, he's he's the mastermind that's been doing all this shit. Um, in fact, there was Do you think instance, Barney was, was charging, like, a finder's fee? So probably. he was getting paid, too? More, more than likely. I mean, with how much fucking cash is being yeah. thrown around. I would. Um, fair. <laughs> uh, Barney was actually involved in... Um, what was it? Brock, I think. Bratch? I don't know. Uh, there's Brock. a woman that was in this equestrian community during this time that Barney made connections with and was like, hey, I'll sell you this horse for $98,000. Uh, it's normally worth one hundred and fifty k, but the horse is like really fucking not worth any of that. Scams her. She buys it. And then I don't know all the details and nobody else does because it's unsolved. Uh, she dies and fucking disappears. During this time period, from 1980 oh, so to like 1991, they find the body. She just gone. She's supposed to hop onto a flight. She doesn't show up on that flight. The dude that's supposed to pick her up is like, "Yeah, I picked her up. Everything's a okay and cool." And everyone was like, "No, it's fucking not. We don't know where she went after she stopped at the candy store before going to the fucking airport." And he's like, "Beats the fuck out of me." <laughs> Oh, no, and, and then the guy that they were like, I think it was him, he dies. Okay, so it was Barney for <laughs> sure. Like, I think it was that dude, and I think Barney set it up to get her killed off. Because yeah. my guess is that she was probably like, hey, <laughs> you're getting horses killed. Everyone knows it. Yeah, you scammed me. Now I'm going to yeah, reveal you're, this. You scammed me. You're also scamming all the insurance companies. Get fucked, Barney. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Barney pays have her killed off and he's kind of implicated in like, allegedly yeah allegedly <laughs> but yeah he definitely yeah. just got got her killed right for sure so uh yeah like i said tommy admits to killing over 15 horses um some cases there was a guy that worked for barney that uh his whole thing was he would find out from like, let's say he reaches out to one equestrian family and the equestrian family's like, hey, look, we need a big ass payout. We've got about seven horses. We got a stable that's made out of wood. Do your thing. And so this guy was caught literally burning down stables filled with horses. Jesus. Yeah. Barney is running a fucking yeah. racketeering empire, bro. So, yeah. Uh, but he's rich, so he got 20 hours community <laughs> yeah, service. Yeah, right. Uh, 19 people are found guilty in that first investigation. Um, and then Tommy helps the FBI for seven more years, and it leads to 30 additional arrests. Woo-wee. Yeah. So, fuck and, Tommy. And, and they all got 20 hours community service. Yeah, right. Come on. No, I think... No. Uh, so Valier served four years of probation. That's it. Oh, my God. Uh, Barney served six years. However, three of those were also probation. 
Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't have to pay anybody back. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably still Jesus. still making millions, still making billions. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, fuck anybody in the equestrian community. Um, mm-hmm. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, yeah. Don't uh, like. It's such a fucked situation. How many dude. times did did Tommy set up his electrocution device, and it was just a lady tied up in a horse costume? <laughs> it's like, wow, that ass is very human. Slap. Turn plugs it in. Why does this horse have one human tit? <laughs> yeah. Wow, this horse's tit fell out. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Oh Jesus! You, all right, here's here's the the conspiracy theory layover from last episode. Uh, Tommy definitely killed people, and they Barney had a deal with him where he's like, "You're gonna kill people, but if we ever get caught, you're just gonna admit to the horses, and I'm gonna implicate myself because I won't get time. No, no, I'll implicate myself no. for the for saying I can get rid of you, and then you can." come clean and break it down but we'll cover up the the humans for no. sure i know the i know the conspiracy all of this happened um and while it was going on ronald reagan knew he yeah, introduced of course he, did. he introduced trickle down economics because of the cash flow that was in the equestrian community's pockets they were like hey we have so much money we can't keep like defrauding the insurance industry because, you know, that hurts you, Mr. President. And Ronald Reagan was like, look, I got I got a setup for you. Start a couple Tax businesses, havens. and in a few years, you guys are going to be worth billions. Let me teach you a little something yeah. about the, the Cayman Islands <laughs> and Panama <laughs> that I'm going to write into this tax code. Let's do this. Yeah, it was all Reagan. Hey, yeah, the, it the always national, is. The Barney, he got his leads. From someone who went by R. Yeah, I know I said Barney Ward, but Ward was his middle name. Last name? Barney Ward. Reagan. Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fantastic. Uh, again, Al, thank you so fucking much for sending this along. Uh, there's another link that you've sent. Uh, I plan on doing that very, very soon. Um, keep sending this shit. Like, this is phenomenal, and I appreciate it. Uh, and if you guys ever have any ideas or you read something that sounds like show worthy, send it along, uh, Patreon real quick. So we're tying it all up. Uh, if you're interested in an additional episode per month, uh, we have sloppy seconds episodes on there, like 20 of them. We're going to try to get back up on those. Maybe do some more small, like, uh, with our significant others. Throw yeah. Throw in here a little bit. Some small stuff. Kind of throw it all together. Uh, get some things going. Check us out on Patreon. Points O pressure. We have some lower tiers. If you can't afford it, don't do it. Yeah, not a big deal. Nah, don't go broke for us. It's not fucking worth it. Join the $1,000 <laughs> tier to not be mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You got the names? Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting off a cough right now. <coughs> hmm, look what Not you did. Not into the microphone. Look what you did. I don't know why I'm dying. <laughs> I'm I'm choking on it's horse. the ghost of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, his new dick is in my throat. All right, so <coughs> I'm really trying to not not <laughs> cough in the mic. All right, uh, the chair people, the chairpersons of the board, they uh, you know they 
They really uh, make the decisions. They they greenlit the horse story today. <laughs> Mini D, Toddlewaddle, and Weston. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. For allowing us to continue recording. Holy shit. And you are also setting us up for a very big season six and a half premiere. Yeah, six uh, and a half. We have in about thing. a month some some big old shit's gonna be rolling through. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some big stuff, so keep your eyes out. Yeah, and, and it's the, all thanks to these guys, oh, honestly. Yeah. And the the Patreons, you stand to benefit. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. say you're you're gonna you know there's there's yeah. some stuff we got some cool you're things. you're gonna know about it before, and you're gonna get some stuff from us probably. Yeah. So yeah, and of course we've got uh, Abby, AJ's third nut, Thomas, Dark Runner, D's nuts, and Lara Revo. Thanks, thanks so much. Y'all are great. We appreciate you. Um, and as always, even if you aren't a, subs- a subscriber on Patreon, we really do appreciate you listening. Tell all your friends about the show. If you're still listening, uh, if you have any show ideas, like I mentioned, if you have any fun memes, uh, movies, TV show, books, music, anything that you would recommend to us, by all means, send it our way on Instagram at points of pressure. And feel free to email us at pp, the letter D, N-A-J, at gmail.com. And we will catch you guys next Monday.